What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it is Pac-12 South time. So again, well, I guess the division formerly known as the Pac-12 South, but we're doing it this way because the Pac-12 is still doing their schedule based off divisions. So we'll break it in half uh, this way. It'll probably be an easy way to break the Pac-12 in half. Or at least for the next couple of years, uh, regardless. So uh, easy easy way to split the teams and kind of divide the wealth, I guess. But I guess you could say the South is stronger this year, Daniel. But uh, last week of the Pac-12, excited to talk some, some Utah, USC, UCLA, and the other ones. So <laughs> and leftovers. Feeling good. Um, not to look ahead, but, you know, we got the SEC coming up. This, as we get towards the end of the Power Five, it's exciting because that means the season's almost here. So that's really what it's about. But uh, Pac-12 South School because they've got your favorite team uh, with USC. So we get to talk to them. There. They're super interesting just with, what, you know, everything that we went through in the offseason. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but, you know, it's like you have the flashy team in USC. You have the just the steady, you know – just kind of bring your lunch pail team, Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes. So it's just the, uh, it's, the division's got everything. It's got terrible teams at the bottom. It's got some teams in the middle who can really upset some of the, the better teams. It's got some teams at the top that have ceilings in the college football playoff. So it's got a little bit of everything. They do everything. Let's start at the top, Daniel. So the reigning Pac-12 champion, Utah. Utah brings back a lot on offense, not so much on defense, but, you know, last time we saw Utah, that epic Rose Bowl with Ohio State, uh, phenomenal football game. But Utah, their win total going into this season, set at nine. They are tied favorites in Vegas odds-wise to be the Pac-12 champion. So, Daniel, that win total pretty high set at nine. Uh, Where are you going with the Utes? Yeah, I think there's a a really good number for them um, considering the schedule out of conference. They draw Florida and it's at Florida. Um, What a phenomenal way to open the year. People are not talking enough about this game. Um, If this was a good Florida team, like they were a, you know, national contender, SEC contender, this would be something where we're thinking, oh, yeah, Utah's just coming in here to grab a loss. But Utah is the one that's going to come in favored in this game. And they're going to have to show that they can, you know, they're worth their weight on the road. Um, so that's going to be a phenomenal game. I'm going to be very much tuned into that one. Um, you know, San Diego State, that's another good matchup in the out-of-conference. Uh, we go through the conference. I mean, um, they get USC at home, which I think is a very big deal. They do have to go to to Oregon uh, towards the end of the season, which I think that's their toughest game is at Oregon. Um, knowing what I know about Utah, though, I think they're going to weather the storm. Um, I think they're going to go 10 and two. So I've got them going over the nine wins. Um, I love Cameron rising at quarterback. Obviously when he took over last year, this was a different team. Um, You know, he had almost 2,500 yards and 20 touchdowns, um, just five picks in his limited um, play last year, which was about two thirds of the season. Um, Obviously, they returned uh, Tavion Thomas at running back, a 1,000-yard rusher. 
um, in the backfield. He had 21 rushing touchdowns, so phenomenal production there. Um, they also returned four of their top five uh, receivers from last year. Um, so that's going to be big um, just in continuity offensive line. They've got three returning starters. Um, so like you said, the offense is mostly back. So that's, that's really big. Um, I think for, you know, traveling, going on the road, being able to uh, put points up on a team like Florida, I think that's going to be big because I, I do think that they go in and win that game. Um, defensively, they do only have five starters back. Um, so we will have to see, there will be some new, you know, new leaders here and there. Um, but yeah, I've said what I need to say, Utah over at 10 and two. I'm with you, Daniel. I'm also on the over here. So Utah, where I really started believing in this team and, you know, you know, you know me, Daniel, if, if a lot of people are on a team, I like to like to fade him a little bit. It's, right. it's it's the whole it's a principle. You fade the public. If everyone's picking someone to win, hey, odds are maybe they won't. So you, you got to zig while they zag. And, You're also contrarian by nature, so it's right. in your blood. So, uh, yeah, Utah. A lot of people on Utah. A lot of people on Utah as a playoff team. I'm not that high on them. Uh, they very well could be though. So Utah, there's a chance they're favored in every game this season. Now. Florida opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's got bet to the other side. So Utah currently sitting as a, as a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, the other game right now I have close to a pick is Oregon. So at Oregon, close to a pick slash slight Utah favorite. We'll see where that is later on in the season. But, Daniel, there's only a couple other games where there'll be one-score favorites, and that's UCLA, Arizona State, which, again, we'll talk about Arizona State, but on paper probably a one-score game right now. But – so I look at this team and say, can they, I mean, over nine and they're going to be favored in every game. Right. Yeah. I, I think you hit the over hard at nine at that point, especially if they're going to be favored in every game. So I think 10 and two is very doable than this team. 10 and two is a lot more likely at eight and four on um, the scenario. Their schedule, you mentioned that road game at Florida. This is not just an important game for Utah, but this is an important game for the Pac-12. There's two big opening games that weekend. You got Oregon and Georgia and Utah and Florida. And that could set the tone for the season. If Imagine if the Pac-12 were to win both of those games. And I know you could say, oh, well, Florida, new coach, coming off not so great year, bad team. If you go into the swamp and beat Florida, it's a big deal. I don't care what year it is. Across the country. You go across the country, beat Georgia and Atlanta. Oregon does that. Huge deal. So – not that everything's on the line here for the Pac-12, but the stage is set for you to really shut everybody up and say, like, hey, we're legit. And that honestly helps your perception the rest of the season. For uh, if you lose a game, they can say, hey, but not only did Utah win, Oregon won too. That's looking pretty good against the SEC. So all that being said, I'm very high on Utah. I really started believing in them after that Rose Bowl game. Uh, seeing, seeing that they could go toe-to-toe with a team like Ohio State and go score for score. Uh, I think Andy Lud- Ludwig has been a really, really big deal to transform this offense, kind of bring it into the modern age of college football. Obviously, switching to Cam Rising last year made a big, big deal. I know they lose some on defense, but uh, I can trust Utah to kind of have a, a stout defense. Uh, Kyle Whittingham has definitely proven that during his, during his years at Utah. But 
10 and 2, Daniel. I like uh, where the Utes are heading. So oh, I'm yeah. right there with you on the over. All right, let's go to USC. USC also had a win total of nine co-favorites, odds on favorite to win the Pac-12 after going four and eight last year. So, Daniel, is that ridiculous that they're at nine or uh, you gonna you going to lean over here? Well, yeah, so this – it is ridiculous that they're at nine. Um, but it's just so – like, it's it's ridiculous to think that a four and eight team is going to go – you know, has not a nine-win projection. But if you had the kind of makeover that USC did in the offseason, uh, bringing in a proven coach like Lincoln Riley – uh, who knows what great looks like at a program, who knows how to get his team to be a conference champion and to get them to a college football playoff. Um, and then you bring in a Caleb Williams at quarterback who um, as a freshman last year was just phenomenal uh, for, for what he could do. Um, he'd do it, you know, with his arm and his legs. I think the sky's the limit. This is a guy who as a freshman, Jacob, he, could, he didn't enroll early. And he still put up that kind of production. Granted, he didn't start till later in the season for Oklahoma after Spencer Rattler was replaced. But um, just watching what he could do on that team, I'm looking for maybe some some bigger improvement than people might think from someone like Caleb Williams. Um, bringing Mario Williams over as a transfer from Oklahoma um, at receiver, I think is a big deal. Yeah, four out of five offensive linemen back from last year's team. Um, and then they got two transfers, two Pac-12 transfers at running back, Travis Dye coming from Oregon, and then um, Austin Jones coming from uh, Stanford. So that's all well and good. Defensively, they only have three returning starters. That's probably a good thing. Um just defensively, they weren't phenomenal last year, but bringing in um, Alex Grinch to oversee this defense, he's obviously followed Lincoln from OU, um, and he had a good way of developing defensive personnel. I, that, that's my biggest question for them this year is defensively. I think offensively, I think they're going to come right in and score points, and I think that that's going to be – uh, they're going to be able to do that and, and just beat a lot of the teams on their schedule just by doing that. I think that looking at their schedule, Notre Dame um, is the, the game that I would circle as a for sure loss for them, or at least one that you would count um, as a losable game. The rest of these, I mean, at worst, they're coin flips. Um, you know, I, going through their Pac-12 schedule, they miss Oregon this year. So, that's a big deal. They do play at Utah, which is their toughest game um, this season. But if you're telling me nine wins, I really want to push at nine wins. I like that that number. Nine and three feels right. Um, but I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay push. I'm gonna be that guy. Push. They go nine and three this year. Nine and three. If you had to pick a side, what would you? What I would, would lean what? over. I would lean over if I had to pick one. Lean over. All right. So I'm on the over. And this is my surprise face. I know you're shocked. So he, here's why, though. So I think 
some people are mad that people are hopping on USC. And I understand that. You're saying people want to be hype on USC every year. It's another Texas. Like, they went four and eight last year. It's year one of a new staff. They can't go to the playoff in year one. I am with you. They can't go to the playoff in year one. They could. They could go to the playoff in year one. They have the ceiling to. They're not winning a championship this year. Write it down. Guarantee it. They would get run off the field by an Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. They would get run out of the building by one of the three teams. Okay. So, when I say I'm high on USC, I'm high on USC because, A, the offense will be better. In the air of the transfer portal, you really can rebuild a roster almost overnight. And they did. Like, you bring in Jordan Addison, Blitnikoff Award winner, Mario Williams, who's the I best I didn't even mention him. On Oklahoma's roster. You bring in Caleb Williams. You bring in Travis Dye. So, like, yeah, you've rebuilt the roster. The offensive line, surprisingly, was not terrible last year. They were terrible on every other year, it seemed like, under Clay Elton. They've got some guys. What they lack is depth on the offensive line and defensive line. But that would be a problem if you were in the SEC. Or the Big Ten. Where that's not a problem is in the Pac-12. And so my struggles for them where I circle and say, I'm really not confident that defensively they're going to be competent this year. I also look at the schedule and say, okay, who can go score 40 with them? No problem. Like, who can go score 40 points with them? No problem. What offense in the Pac-12 – do I think can just go score 40? And I see a few on their schedule. Uh, uh, Oregon State, I think, could if they needed to. Arizona State, question mark, <laughs> we'll say. Utah, um, UCLA, Notre Dame. So they win half those games, 10 and 2. Yeah, I'm on the over, 10 and 2. Plus, if I'm looking at those kind of games, it's like, what coaching staff and quarterback do I trust to kind of get it done? It's, this staff and Caleb Williams. So, 10 and 2 for me. Uh, I'm on the over. I think USC has a shot at winning the Pac 12 in year one under Lincoln Riley. So, 4 and 8 also, you have to account for the fact that this team quit last year. So, I mean, they definitely quit on the coaching staff. They knew it was over. So, not as bad as, a, as it might seem. All right. So, USC and Utah both at nine will take a slight step down. Uh, UCLA, their one total at eight and a half. Chip Kelly is in year, oh goodness, four here? Yeah, this is his fifth year. Fifth year. So, I mean, he's under 500 four years in. COVID year didn't help, right? But he's got his QB back. This is probably the best team he's had, the best roster he's had since he came to UCLA. Uh, eight and five. They going to go have a nine-one season for the first time under uh, under Chip Kelly, or is this a team that uh, takes a step backward, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Dorian Thompson-Robinson coming back is huge at quarterback. Um, you know, 20, almost twenty-five hundred yards last year on the in the air, twenty-one touchdowns. He was their third leading rusher with six hundred yards. Um, on the ground, nine rushing touchdowns. Also returned Zach Charbonnet um, at at tailback, um, eleven hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns. Um, I think that that's just like a, a phenomenal tandem to have back there. Um, three returning um, starters 
on offense along with the transfer um, at left tackle. So that's just a, a, you know, snapshot of what they can do offensively. Um, I am concerned at the receivers they lost uh, production wise. Can they replace that? The only one of their top five returning uh, pass catchers is the running back. So um, they're going to need to find some, just some talent out there um, and some continuity. Uh, they did address a bunch of transfers, offense and defense. Um, defensively, they only have two returning starters. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as their schedule, though, is favorable. Their first three games are all their non-conference games, Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. They should take care of all three of those without any issue. Their first Pac-12 game at Colorado – that's a win. Okay. So they're getting off to a good start. Then they start having some tough games, but luckily they're at home, Washington and Utah. Um, and then they go to Oregon. That intimidating crowd in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, the big part about being at home is that they're not on the road. That's the big part. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, so. Uh, trust me when I say I know that that home field advantage. <laughs> It's chalked up to be. And then USC, they get them at home, which I, there's going to be more USC fans there anyways. Um, all that to be said, um, we're at eight and four. Is there uh, eight, eight and a half is one total. Eight and a half is one total. Um, yeah, they're an eight and four team to me. So I'm going under slightly. Um, going under? Yeah. So UCLA, you mentioned the schedule. So this is a team that I shirk on. I'm like, the reason their win total is at eight and a half is – because of the schedule. This is, this is a schedule that sets you up to go above your win total. So go 3-0 in the non-con. This is the non-con you need to schedule if you're a team like UCLA. <laughs> like, go schedule your Bowling Greens and your Alabama States. Uh, sure. On their schedule, Daniel, I have them as underdogs as of now in only three games. So just based off of that, that gets you to 9-3. and three. I mean – if you lose the three games, you're, you know, if you just go by point spreads, that's nine and three. So numbers tell me to lean the over. I'm a believer in this team. I think this could be a top 15 offense in college football with DTR coming back. They were, uh, they were sneaky effective last year. Some of the advanced metrics on offense, they bring back a lot of those key pieces. I know that they, they don't bring back some starters at receiver, but uh, they have some guys that are on the roster in this system. So, it was a sneaky, effective team last year. I mean, Bill Conley hasn't projected to be a top 10 offense in college football, which is pretty insane to me. But the defense, I think, is going to be horrible. So almost similar to UCLA, or excuse me, to USC, where it's, all right, who can go who can go score to score with you? And look at their schedule. It's, it's not a lot of teams. Like, you have a very – I say very favorable. You get Oregon and Washington out of the north. But uh, one of those on the road – we've already talked about Washington. I'm not super high on them, but – uh, I mean, I have UCLA favored by at least a touchdown in that game. So I like the schedule for him to set up this year. I'm going to go over the eight and a half slightly. I'm going nine and three for the Bruins um, in first nine win season for Chip Kelly in LA as they uh, head to the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the drop off, and here's one of the biggest question mark teams for me. So we go to Arizona State, their one total set at six. I feel like six is the biggest Vegas saying, 
we don't know six <laughs> because right. you know power ratings last year this is a team that wasn't as bad as i mean they were they went eight and five and like power rating wise this is a top 40 team in the country so i just i mean i mean obviously there's a lot going on at arizona state so for those unfamiliar they had this recruiting ncaa investigation stuff during the covid year Half their staff is gone. It's a miracle Herm Edwards hasn't been fired yet. I think they're going to fire him with cause for this stuff, if not letting him go this season for results in the field. Half their roster has transferred out. There's still some pieces there, Daniel, but win total is six. So this is the biggest question mark for me. Where, where are you going with the Sun Devils? Yeah, this feels kind of like a Big 12 team where it's like, I don't know what to do with them. Like they're going to, they're probably better than some of the bottom dwellers and can win some games. Um, But, you know, like their talent's better than some of those teams, but are they going to play together as a team? Is it going to, you know, are they going to have something to play for? Is this going to help focus them to win some games? I think they're going to lose to every good team on their, on their schedule. So I guess that's, um, you know, the, the first line of demarcation. So I think they're going to lose to, and I'm using good broadly, Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma State, they lose that game. I think they're going to lose to Utah, USC. I think they're going to lose to UCLA and then Oregon State. So mark all of those down as losses. Then I go through and it's like, all right, I think they can beat Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan, and, you know, I think that they could win at Stanford, at Colorado. But then I start getting kind of sketchy on everything else. So I'm coin flipping it. If it's six wins, I'm going to go under because I think that's the safer play um, overall because I could see this team fizzling out, especially towards the end of the year, and just maybe going on like a five-game losing streak to end the year. Um, Something interesting, I mean, Emory Jones has transferred here. and He's going to play quarterback for them. Maybe <laughs> uh, we will see if he ends up being the starter. Um, I guess that's that. obviously the reason he left Florida was to get the opportunity um, as he goes out there. Obviously, Jaden Daniels has transferred to LSU. So um, there is an opening uh, for the first time in a few years. So that's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if he is able to light it up and kind of have his chance without really looking over his shoulder. Um or if it's just kind of more of the same from him, uh, more of what we saw last year uh, in Gainesville. So uh, under on the Sun Devils, under six. You mentioned something that I legit think is going to happen, and that is a losing streak to end the season because I think Herm's getting fired midseason. So this is my biggest wild card. Instead of betting on them to win games, I think the much safer bet is you bet on them to lose games, fire Herm Edwards, and then quit. quit. Yeah. And so I think under six is very safe. I say very safe. This is not something I would just like bet and lock up because they're a big question mark. But for talking points, the under is way safer than the over. Um. Yeah, I, I legit think they could lose. I mean, dude, if they started losing with Colorado – and Stanford and lost all those games. The next four, uh, I think, are very losable. But, dude, imagine Arizona. Well, and we'll talk about them in a second. Just walking in, looking for their first Pac-12 win. And, like, it's an Arizona State team that's quit. 
and they're just hungry. That's the last thing you want to play when you're Arizona State. So it's your rival. Yep. Um, I, I'm going four and eight. I think it's a pretty safe under. Uh, I think they go four and eight this year. Playing at Oklahoma State in week two, that'll make you want to quit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I big question mark, but I, I feel pretty safe with the under here. I'm going four and eight for Arizona State. Uh, let's go to Colorado before we come back to Arizona. So we'll dr- take a big drop here, win total wise. Uh, Colorado's win total set at three and a half, Daniel. So Carl Durrell, um, second year here. So he followed up uh, Mel Tucker at Colorado. They, I don't know, re- return a middle amount of team uh, of production back, Daniel, but no- nothing to get too excited about. Uh, where, what are your thoughts on Colorado? Win total set at three and a half. I think I said that, but three and a half. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's tough because they lose their best player in Jarek Broussard. He transferred to Michigan State um, at running back. Uh, looking at the offense, they do have six starters coming back. Um, Brendan Lewis this is kind of an average starter at quarterback. He's okay. Um just kind of looking at the schedule, though, um, I mean, Minnesota, TCU, from the out-of-conference, I mean, even at Air Force, none of that is favorable. Um, and then they did draw Oregon from the north and Washington. So I'm going to I'm gonna go under. Um, I'm sorry, what was the number? Was it three? Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Three and nine, That's, that, feels, that feels right. It's like a glove. Three and nine, Colorado. So this is a team that went four and eight last year. They won three Pac-12 games, which would still be under. So typically with a team like Colorado, this is where I just don't understand what schools are doing. If you're Colorado, your out-of-conference schedule needs to be Northern Arizona and, you know, Wyoming Tech – in like Woodstock High School, yeah. and then they would they go out and schedule. If it was on the NCAA video game, it's FCS Northeast, FCS Southeast. <laughs> it's like you're just playing all of the FCS schools available. Right. But no, Daniel, they go out and not only did they have three uh, FBS teams, two of them are Power Five, TCU, and two of them are on the road. So they get TCU at home. They go to Air Force, who I have as a 14-point favorite right now over Colorado to Minnesota. Like, and then you get into your Pac-12 schedule. No, slam the under. You know, if if this was the Cover 3 podcast, which you and I are both fans of, this will be on my locks of, like, win totals I'm most confident in. Under 3.5 for Colorado is something I am very confident in. JK's lock of the week. 1-11. That's right. Pick of the year of the week. We did that like our, our first season. I think uh, so. Wrong team favored. It's an example of that. Three and a half is way too high. One and 11. Uh, terrible year for Colorado this year. The defense, 121st returning production, and it was an awful defense last year. Um, off Again, I just – why would you set yourself up to fail schedule-wise? You're playing Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington out of the north, which I think are the three best teams – in that division. So your schedule is just terrible. Um, you play a total of one, two, three, four, five, six row games. 
that's, I mean, you, you've set yourself up for failure. So one in 11, don't fire Carl Durrell. You did this to yourself 12 years ago and you made the schedule. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's how scheduling works in college football. So, all right. Under three and a half for me, under three and a half for you. Last team, Daniel, let's go to Arizona where Jetfish, man, second year here, one in 11 last year. Their win total set though at two and a half. So did they double their wins from last year? Or do they triple their wins from last year and go over the win total? Jake, so this is tough. So I guess let me talk about the team a little bit. Five returning stars on offense. Four of those are on the offensive line. And then defensively, eight returning starters. So, you know, we got some stuff coming back. Um, quarterback, Will Plummer is back um their top five rushers are all back so um all that's important but looking at the schedule i'm trying to pick wins um <laughs> looking at their out of conference or their non-conference it's like at san yeah, diego state part two what what are you what are you guys thinking uh playing mississippi state amazingly at home okay mississippi state's just coming to just pick up their dub and leave this is a good Mississippi State team that we're just people are just gonna overlook and they're just gonna come right in and do it. And then North Dakota State, man, this you scheduled FCS school and you picked them. No, <laughs> no FBS team should schedule them. Nobody. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. No, it's I like, don't care if you're Alabama, you don't schedule you pick Dakota in, State. Yeah, if you pick an FCS, then you go pick the worst one that doesn't run the triple option. That's what you do. It's, it's just save your knees. And save your time. Not that North Dakota State runs triple option. I'm just saying, in general, that should be your philosophy. Avoid the triple option and avoid North freaking Dakota State. Anyways, so they might be 0-3 in those first three games. And they could have they could have helped themselves out a whole lot. But going through the schedule, I mean, I think they're probably going to beat Colorado. Um, they get them at home. Um, but going through the rest – is this one also three? This was two and a half, right? Two and a half, two and a half. Oh, what a phenomenal number because I, I don't think I can pick three wins. I think I'm at two wins for them. So I'm just going to – they – you know what? They're going to find – they're going to beat Arizona State at the end of the year. It's at home. So I've got Colorado and Arizona State. They're going to find another win on there. Give me three wins. I'm going over. Our good friend David Cobb. Uh, this was one of his teams to buy stock in. So out of respect for our friend David, and hey, he's CBS's Pac-12 guy. So he might he's have been wrong about guy. Cal a couple years ago, right? Uh, but I think he's right about Arizona. And again, when you say you're buying stock in Arizona, you're buying stock in that they won one game last year. And do I think they can pull one feisty upset and get to four and eight? I'm buying in. Yeah. Now, did they screw themselves in the non-con? Absolutely. But I think they'll be dogs to San Diego State. Uh, obviously, Mississippi State, they'll be dogs to North Dakota State. Well, I don't circle that as like an automatic dub. I think they get that win. And then I think they can win two Pac-12 games. And I'm with you, Daniel. I'm circling Colorado. I'm circling Arizona State at the end of the year. Right. And counting on that the bottom falls out. Or – even the bottom doesn't necessarily fall out. I like them later in the year to get better. But, man, that schedule's tough. Again, you, you play Oregon and Washington. 
uh, out of the North, Washington State too. So I, I'd like to buy some more wins. I'd love to be like, man, bowl team. Uh, wouldn't shock me. I just can't look at their schedule and be just like, they're going to a bowl game. But at two and a half, I can confidently go over and say, hey, four and eight is what I'm going to pick them to do. So four and eight, which would be a phenomenal year to, hey, quadruple your wins from the previous year. Uh, which, hey, not every team can do it. That's Literally. some fun math right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That wraps up the Pac 12 South. Next week, Daniel, we got the big one. We're going to do the SEC East. So, uh, defending national champs, Georgia, we'll talk to them. Florida, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, a lot of hype around Tennessee, Kentucky, Will Levis, some draft hype. I mean, Mizzou. Mayo and his coffee, allegedly. Disgusting. Hey, he, Clark Lee he, said this week. He's a menace to society, man. He is. Will Levis is. Sorry, Clark Lee. No, you're good. Dude, Clark Lee, say Vanderbilt's going to be the best football program in the country. That's uh, that's bold, but if hey, if someone could build the roster to do it. It's quite a statement. Hey, it's our friend of the show, Barton Simmons. So yes. friend this of the is show. A, this, this is a Commodore podcast uh, over here. But, hey, be sure to follow us on social media at The Extra Point Pod uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow Daniel on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Clarence with a K. And that will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Daniel.